my screen blipped. I think I have to turn off my camera. <laughs> I can still see you. That's fine. Okay, yes, now we can't see each other. Much better. <laughs> no, we're back. We have been on a little bit of a unannounced break. Very because, unintentional. Yeah, very unintentional and also completely realistic to our lives at this point because we've just been uh, how, how how would we put this delicately just lots of hurdles yeah and it's kind of the same thing that's been going on for a while it's just family health issues and having to step in and be caretakers yes which is not my calling in life but seems to happen more often than what I care for really and truly but yeah, we thought we should touch base with whoever's out there listening just to kind of give y'all the scoop on what's been going on, give you a little stream of consciousness mini episode. I was going to ask what you have been watching. What I have been watching? Uh, yeah. Right now, I have been watching Reservation Dogs. I've heard that's really good. It is very good. I don't think it's something we would cover on the podcast just because of the genre. It doesn't really fit into our what our niches. But if I could get a, give a recommendation, and I will, you should watch Reservation Dogs because it is funny. It is extremely well written. And it focuses on Native American people living in Oklahoma. It's a new story that we don't see a lot on television. That sounds good. I have been wanting to watch that one. And I heard you also watched Reservoir of Dogs. I did because I kept calling Reservation Dogs Reservoir Dogs. And Carl said that if I kept doing that, I had to watch the movie. And I did. And while it is a well-done movie, I will not recommend it because, oh my God, Quentin Tarantino is racist. Yeah. I, um... And that movie is... And I've heard varying schools of thought, but just my takeaway, it was extremely uncomfortable. Like, again, very well shot, well acted, well written, all of those things. But it just for me was a bridge too far. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I'm hit or miss with his movies, so it was never high on my list of things to watch. The thing is, is... Over the years, having seen many Tarantino films, because I am, in fact, married to a man, um, I have come to appreciate certain things about his movies. Um, yeah, they can be hit or miss for me as well. Cool. Yeah. I have been watching a interesting combination of things. Tell us. Um, so, been re-watching Dairy Girls with my mom. It's been what's kind of getting us through everything that's been going on. All these tumultuous times. Yes. I also have a friend who told me that she was going to defriend me if I didn't watch Better Call Saul. Now Defriend? In the... Yeah. Oh, that sounds painful. Um, yeah, I'm. there's probably an operation involved. I'm not sure. We don't uh, have time for any more medical drama no no our life is a medical drama we need no more so i had to watch it in the last month i've gotten through i have like a season and a half left and seasons are only 10 episodes so it's not that big of a commitment okay so i will say i know that breaking bad is a really fantastic show mm -hmm. 
everything about it is just top notch. That being said, I do not like it. No. Like watching it was not a pleasurable experience for me. But now watching Better Call Saul, I feel like I need to go back and watch Breaking Bad so I see how the two fit together. Because it's been, I watched the end of the show when it aired and then yeah. I haven't gone back and revisited since then. And that's been since 2012, right? Is that when it went off the air? I honestly don't know, but that seems right. Maybe it was 2013. I can't re- remember. I remember we used to host watch parties over at Carl and Cole's apartment. Yeah. And Carl threatened to kick us out if anyone uttered a word during the finale. Yeah. We also made breakfast for the That's finale. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, a lot's happened since then, so I don't remember a lot of the details. I would like to at least watch some of it again with my new eyes, my older eyes, because I remember watching it the first time around, and I hated Skylar. And I don't think I would hate her so much now. I think that was my internalized misogyny. And I'd I'd like to see if that's true. I understand that completely, because, yeah, I didn't like her either, And then I kind of started thinking, like, why don't I like her? What is she doing that's so bad? bad. She's not selling meth. She's not becoming a drug lord. Why do I feel so much more sympathy for this bad guy than I do for her? Exactly. Exactly. Well, because, I mean, you always want to root for your protagonist, right? Yeah. So that could have been the trappings there. Um, but yeah, literally, what did Skylar do? She was trying to be a mom and a wife and keep her family together and just figure out what the fuck was going on with her husband, who had cancer. Yeah, and he was being weird and shady. And um, so, yeah, trying to think about it from that perspective of like, you've got a new baby, you don't know what you're going to do, your husband's sick, plus he's just acting weird. Plus, you've just had a baby and hormones and everything are all out of whack. And they're doing doing wild things. Also, you have a son with a disability. Yeah. And just the plate could not be fuller. Well, Marie's her sister, right? Hank's wife? I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Hank, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And there's... You know, as we learn more about Marie, there's stuff going on in her life that clearly she has some kind of something that she's working through. So who knows what their home life was like growing up? So she may, Skylar may have all these other issues that she's dealing with that don't ever get explored in the series. Could it be the result of childhood trauma? Our new show, Welcome to Childhood Trauma. Oh my gosh. Let's get into it. <laughs> Zach, I totally agree with you going back around to Better Call Saul. I always watch Breaking Bad and I appreciated Breaking Bad because of what a phenomenal show it was. Like it, it is a great, great television show. But yeah, it wasn't something that I was ever, it, it wasn't like a show I watched to feel good. And that's okay. Not every show has to make you feel good. It, it was entertaining. The thing with Better Call Saul is at least now, because I think the same friend that threatened to defriend you is also probably going to defriend me if I don't start watching it again soon, because I was watching it and I took a break. I think Better Call Saul, at least right now, I'm in season two. It's just, I, I, I can't describe it. It's just more fun to watch. 
I agree with that. It's still got some subject matter. And granted, we haven't gotten all the way into like Saul's Breaking Bad, like where he was during that. So we're in the origin stories of that. But it's just, it's more fun. And I think part of that is the actors too. And honestly, I will say being partway through season five now. Wow. That's the least interesting part of the series as it gets closer to meeting up with the Breaking Bad storyline. To me, what really drew me in is the relationship between the brothers, Saul, whose uh, real name, legal name is Jimmy and mm-hmm. his brother Chuck. That was what was really dynamic for me. Oh, um, yeah. And Michael. Oh, my gosh. Michael McKeon. Am I saying his last name right? I think so. The brother. So him and Bob Odenkirk, like, just give me that. Why haven't they done a stage show together? I don't know, but they were amazing. And they should, because I don't think Saul has won any awards. Um, I don't think it has either. And even only being in season two, I am shocked. Not only the acting, because both of them are great. And then um, Ray Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler, I was is like, we fantastic. Hadn't even, we hadn't even gotten to Kim Wexler, and I live for Kim Wexler. Oh, and she only gets better as the series goes on. But oh. the, the set design of this show is incredible. It's, it's just so good. It's gorgeous. Watching Better Call Saul feels like Breaking Bad and Technicolor. Yeah, I can't actually it just the colors. And I don't know if that's just uh, Saul as a character. There's just more vibrance happening. So I'm going to move on to the other show that I've been watching that may be something that we cover in the future um, after you watch it. Uh, But I'm going to plug it before that. It's The Horrors of Dolores Roach. Yep, it's on my list. This one's nice because the episodes are, you know, 24 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. So it goes by really quick. I think there's eight of them. It is a dark show. So if you're squeamish about things like cannibalism and so, murder. So just real quick on that note, what what shows is this show kind of a combination of? So it's definitely a callback to Sweeney Todd. And it's funny because in the first episode, somebody's listening to a song from Sweeney Todd. It has a little bit of like Little Shop of Horrors to it, but Little Shop's um, kind of lighter in tone. This is darker and the color palette in it is a lot darker too. There's a lot of like browns and golds and oranges it's really, really fun. Apparently it was based on a podcast and then got made into the TV show. And so in the pilot episode, there is a woman who's doing a one-woman stage show about the serial killer Dolores Roach. And she's in her dressing room and she's, you know, being congratulated by everyone. And she's like, yeah, I just really, I really got into her head and was like understanding what made her work and why she did the things she did then everybody leaves and they're like see you at the party and everything and then this woman steps out of the shadows and locks a dressing room door and was like well that's not the true story and she's like oh my gosh you're her and she's like yeah and i'm gonna tell you exactly why i did what i did and how i got there Whoa. the rest of the story is told from dolores's perspective 
about what happened and why she ended up killing a bunch of people. And then I I was watching the last episode and I had to stop for some reason. So I haven't finished it, but clearly there's going to need to be a season two. So everybody watch it so it gets picked up for season two. Yes, and this also stars the amazing Justina Machado, who if you ever watched One Day at a Time, the new one on Netflix, she's the mom. She also had a small part on Queen of the South, um, but we love her. She's really good. And I love getting to see an actor I've primarily seen do comedy, do a drama. I have a theory, and probably someone's out there going, yeah, no shit, but I have a theory that comedic actors, actors that really thrive in a comedic script, also turn out to be outstanding dramatic actors. See Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Excited to see her in that role. Oh, I heard of one, too, last night. I was talking to some friends um, that I want to watch. Oh, what is it? Interview with a Vampire. It was on AMC. I've heard good things about that. Yes, our same friend. Hi, Casey. That, um... <laughs> Loves break, not breaking Saul. That is not the show. Better that's call. What, that's Saul. what our musical will be called. Breaking Saul and Better Call Bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but welcome to our Breaking Bad and Break and Breaking Saul. I did it again. <laughs> Podcast. But um, sh- uh, she told me about it, and then a couple of people that were at the table with us also said it's very good, and just from. The snippets I was given, I am intrigued. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll put that one on the list, too. I know I've been watching a lot of TV, I guess maybe because, like, a movie is typically an hour and a half, two hours. Mm -hmm. So a TV show is usually, like, 45 minutes, so it's a little easier chunk to get in there and not as long to sit down because it seems like every time I sit down, somebody calls me to do something so um Mm -hmm. trying to find an uninterrupted block of time is difficult oh i've also been uh watching um jodie whittaker's run as doctor who nice so that's really fun if any doctor who fans out there haven't watched it i would recommend it I, i really enjoy her as the doctor I feel like one of the problems with the episodes over the last, I don't know, six or seven years is they tried to make them too serious. Like they took a lot of the fun out of it, just the doctor having adventures. And they were like, we need to make commentary. And that hasn't gone away with this. But I just think she's a lot of fun as the doctor. Yeah, because... We needed some fresh air after the previous seasons because I really enjoyed Peter Capaldi. I did not enjoy his doctor, but not because of him. I think it was the writing. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for the 60th anniversary three-part series um, where David Tennant and um, Catherine Tate come back. (gasps) Catherine Tate. Yeah. I love Catherine Tate. I love David Tennant, but I love Catherine Tate. So, so yeah, been watching that to get caught up. Um, have you been watching any movies? That's the thing. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Um, but that's the thing. On the opposite end, I have a fear of commitment. So I have not been watching a lot of television. 
<laughs> because it seems like there's so many shows out and they have multiple seasons and then I just kind of get paralysis and I'm like, ah, I can't watch anything. So I've been doing a lot of movies. I understand that completely because I do that a lot of times too. It's like, ah, oh, I can watch this movie and then I'm done with it. Or I could, especially with U.S. series that are on the regular networks that are like 24 episodes a season. Mm -hmm. If there's multiple seasons out, you're just like, okay, well, that's like five months of my life for this series. Mm -hmm. Even if they're yeah. really good, it just seems overwhelming. When there's so much out there, it's like, and I am not a fan of, I, I'm glad they they are doing the strike because writers and actors, writers deserve better treatment and all the things they're asking for. However, this strike does allow me some time to catch up, but yeah. I'm still having TV paralysis where I can't commit. Yeah, but I, I have been it. watching, I've been watching a ton of movies. I'm getting very much ready for spooky season. So there's been a little bit of horror, a little bit of slasher, um, things like that. So for spooky season, I assume that you're going to be trying to do the 31 days of movies. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch uh, yeah, a movie every day. Are you planning it out? Are you just picking a random one every day? Or are you making like a set of prompts? Like day one, we do a slasher. Day two, we do uh, a creature feature. If left to my own devices, it would literally be whatever I thought of in the moment. And that might happen because I'm very much a creature that follows her craving. So if I have a movie already picked out, but I'm like, ah, I'm not really feeling that I want to watch this. I'm going to do that. Uh, I won't commit down to it because I'm not going to take in the movie the way I should, if I don't want to watch it or I want to watch something else more. Um, I would like to find prompts that someone else has created because I am lazy and have executive burnout. So if someone else, if I can find someone else's prompts, I'll probably use that and then just do whatever I want. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> ignore the prompts. Yeah. It's like, I see you have written prompts and I don't have to use them, even though I am going to use them, but I'm just not going to do it. And it proves nothing to no one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take this and throw it out the window. Yes. I can't do it. I am lazy and I'm still going to throw it out the window. And then complain that I don't know what to watch. Well, I usually make a list of prompts for myself every year. So I will share that with you and on our socials if anybody wants to uh, play along. It's just a fun thing to do. Oh, good. Actually, I had no idea you, you did that or were going to do that. But that's actually perfect. Yeah, I've done it. This will be, I guess, my third year. To do it last year was a little bit crazy, and then I ended up getting a job working on a film, so it kind of went out the window. I think I got to watch, like, maybe six or seven scary movies last year. But this year will be different. Yeah, this year will be different. But you actually might get to watch a movie. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Unless Is... someone needs something. Fair. Is there anything coming up that you're really excited for? Television or movie? Uh, or books or, you know, what you got oh, to say. I want to read a book that you recommended to me called The Wilder Girls, I think. I'm reading that one right now because um, it was recommended on a horror podcast that I listened to. It's interesting. I can't say that I'm 
loving it, but I'm waiting to kind of find out a little bit more about like what's going on. It's about a group of girls that are at this boarding school that's on this island, I guess, near Maine. There's something that happens. They call it the talks. And they've started getting sick and kind of like mutating. And they're quarantined from everybody. And the Navy will bring them provisions, but not a lot. If you get a sleeve of crackers to eat, you're like doing good. They've had to like burn all the school books and the curtains and stuff for fuel. And then all the trees and the animals are mutating as well. And we don't know what's going on. Okay. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Well, you know me. I love a boarding school setting. Yeah. And it is a young adult book. So if you're not into young adult books, then maybe give it a skip. But it is intriguing because I'm like, what's going on? Well, I am a young adult. So it's the right genre for me. I'm I'm very, very young. (laughs) I was trying to look up upcoming movies and it literally said get out and I think Google's broken (laughs) or is it telling you to get out get out Google's like no more do you want to see the new exorcist movie I do but I'm scared I'm very very scared but it looks cool I really want to see that one ah give me a second I need to see the first exorcist Okay, well, that definitely has to be one on Spooky Movie Month then, because you haven't ever seen that. That's just possession shit. When I was younger was the thing that I was terrified of. And I think I still have some of that residual fear, even though I don't really hold the same belief system anymore. But I'm still scared. Okay, I'm super excited for It Lives Inside. It looks really creepy. That sounds great and not unsettling at all. Uh... The synopsis is, desperate to fit in at school, Sam rejects her East Indian culture and family to be like everyone else. (gasps) However, when a mythological demonic spirit latches onto her former best friend, she must come to terms with her heritage to defeat it. Yes. I remember seeing a preview for this, and it looks spooky. Yeah. It may not turn out to be, because I've seen some amazing previews before, and then the movie was like, eh. But... I'm holding out hope because it looks really good. Well, let's keep holding out hope. I am trying to find a list of movies that come out later this year, and I can't find shit. (laughs) Because I know I have them, but I have that problem where someone asks me a question, and I forget everything I've ever thought. So I was trying to look up some things that I've seen, but I can't find anything. It's all giving me, like, cocaine bear and knock at the cabin. I'm like, these things have already come out. How do you look up movies? Laura, how do you Google (laughs) how do you even google yeah i'm on a list of most anticipated movies i've got barbie little mermaid it's like yeah which not wrong (gasps) mathrigan i cannot believe megan came out this year did it come out yeah Yeah, like january January. this is a great year for dolls oh yeah it really is i'm just thinking because i remember when megan came out i was like that's my halloween costume And then I immediately jumped ship as soon as I saw the Barbie movie. But now I'm like, do I want to leave Mithrigan behind? Oh, okay. This this one says Death on the Nile, but that came out a while ago. A Haunting in Venice. I haven't (gasps) seen any of the new Poirot movies that have come out because I just wasn't sure that Kenneth Branagh could 
actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. But this one I'm very intrigued by. It's also a story that I haven't read. So I really want to see it. And of course, because I'm a completionist, I have to go watch um, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. Yeah, I don't think I've seen either one of those. Nope. I mean, I've read both of the books and I've seen um, other movie versions of them, but I just haven't seen those two. Oh, there's another Saw coming out. Oh, whoopee. But I, no, but this one, I'm not going to see because the squish factor, far too much. Um, but the, the, like, the synopsis I can get behind because it's this dude that basically is punishing all of the doctors that lied to him. Oh, like, that sounds interesting. He had like a, or I don't know if he's actually dead or if he's dying, but he has a terminal illness and they told him like, oh, we're going to do these things and you'll be fine. And then he wasn't. And so now he's like kidnapped all of them and he's put them in like the saw things where it's like, oh, you have to gouge your eye out to get the key. And to, I don't know all of those things. I appreciate his dedication. It just seems like a lot of work. It really does, and I think that level of planning exhausts me. So I pulled up a list. Now, these are just horror films, but um, Time.com has the 14 most anticipated horror movies of fall 2023. Ooh. So let's see. This has The Nun 2. The Nun, bar none. Which... It may be really stupid. I haven't seen a lot of The Conjuring. Like, I saw The Conjuring. And then I haven't seen any of the other ones in that universe. But mm-hmm. this looks, this one looks scary. Yeah, I've seen the preview. And I may watch it just for, like, funsies. But those typically aren't movies that I am drawn to. Now, I have heard nothing but good things about this one. I think it premiered at Fantastic Fest last year, uh-huh. Satanic Hispanics. I just saw that on a list, and I was immediately intrigued. I didn't get to read the synopsis, though. It's a horror anthology, so it's five short films um, from the genre's leading Latin filmmakers. Oh, so it's like Parisian, but... yeah. Not any of that, but <laughs> just a collection of short films. Let's Apparently, there's also a movie coming out called The Kill Room with Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson. So that feels, I don't know, that looks like a thriller, maybe. Sounds fun, though. Yeah. Oh, there's one called No One Will Save You. Uh, don't I know it? <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see Saw X. That's it, Saw 10. The Exorcist Believer. Oh, there's a new Pet Cemetery movie coming out. I don't fuck with those. I don't fuck with animal movies, especially dead animal movies. Okay, this one has my attention. It's called Totally Killer. Oh my gosh, that sound is it teens? Uh, Kara Shipka. Oh, I love her. Kiernan Shipka. Yes. As a time-traveling teen out to stop the infamous Sweet 16 killer. I'm in. I'm into it. I'm, uh, I have already bought my ticket. Well, you don't have to because it's on Prime, so. I knew that. VHS 85. Oh, yeah. I've, that is that a continuation of a series? Yeah. Because I've seen that uh, poster before. Something called Malibu Horror Story, which the picture here looks like a spider with some sort of deformed human head on it. Um, 
Let's see. Set over the course of 10 years, follows a crew of paranormal investigators as they dig into the mysterious disappearance of four teenage boys who went missing in the California hills after discovering a sacred indigenous cave. Scary. Five Nights at Freddy's. What is that? It's a video game. Um, You saw that one uh, with... Nicholas Cage, Willie's Wonderland, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, that was great. So it's it's kind of like that. That was, I think, a take on the Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Like, the animatronics, I believe, come to life and try to kill you. Fun! Um, I would have kids come in, when I worked at the bookstore, kids coming in asking for stuff. And the parents being like, I hate this. They have nightmares all the time, but they love it. Oh, my God. No, my, I, when I was teaching in schools, doing after school, I had a kid that was obsessed with that. And I was thinking, maybe you shouldn't be. Kids like scary stuff. This, yeah, this kid did. They liked uh, it because it had just come out when I started and I would catch them on the playground doing the it dance. Oh, that's not terrifying. Yeah, it wasn't scary at all being a first-time teaching artist and going out on the playground and being already terrified of all these kids and then seeing one in the corner just creepily doing the it dance. Like, that's not my imagination, right? (laughs) He's really there. So here's the thing. I was not interested, really, in the Five Nights at Freddy's because I was like, eh, it's, you know, based on a video game, whatever. But it's directed and co-written by Emma Tammy who um, did that movie, The Wind. Oh, wow. And I really love that movie. I talked about it in my dissertation. Yeah, Um, that's a departure for sure. So I will give it a try since she directed it. Yeah, yeah, same. Because I really liked that movie. That movie was so unsettling. And then there's going to be a Thanksgiving. um, (gasps) It's called Thanksgiving. Is it called? Oh, I thought it was going to be Thanks Killing. <laughs> no, there's already a movie called that. Oh, I know. I was just thinking maybe it was going to be like a theatrical release. Oh, <laughs> no. I have. It used to be on Netflix, so we used to put it on all the time. Apparently, so, the director Eli Roth made a fake trailer for a Thanksgiving slasher movie, and now they've made the actual movie. Was it because it was so popular or was something already in the works? Uh, the trailer came out in 2007. Oh! So, so this has been either a project that's been cooking for a while. Ha ha. Uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> cooking. Um, it says plot details are scarce. That's exciting. Yeah. I love not knowing things. When it comes to film and TV, because I feel like you that movie trailers and TV trailers often give too much away. So it's cool not knowing yeah. everything. There are so few surprises left in this world. This is true. Mm-hmm. Have you been reading anything good? Um, I was reading. I've been reading Mexican Gothic. I need to look up who the author is. Not on the tip of my tongue. I can see the cover of the book, but I can't oh, yeah, remember the, the author's name. Gorgeous. Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Okay. And then I'm also reading a book called The Serpents and the Wings of Night, or The Serpent and the Wings of Night, which seems to be a vampire fantasy book. Oh. 
I, I'm very, very early into it. So I, I don't know the full scope. But the cover was cool. There are so many gorgeous book covers. Sometimes I'll just see one and it's like, if I just had a poster of that, I'd be fine because it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes I've been led astray by going for the pretty covers because the book true. is not, does not match the cover. And <laughs> it leaves me with trauma. And, and also so having to read the second book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then sometimes I've found amazing books just because I picked up one that I liked the cover. Yeah, I mean, it's a gamble. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a sucker for a pretty cover too. Well, we just wanted to stop in and say hey to you guys. Um, and we will be back. Our next episode, should we tell? Yeah, our next episode. If you have made it this far in this stream of consciousness, yeah, whatever this is, episode i think you deserve to know that our next episode will be covering one of my favorite shows of 2022 was that when it came out 2021 uh yes. yellow jackets yes so we will be covering yellow jackets i binged it um pretty much all of it in April, well, up to what had come out, because there were still some episodes to come out, and then I went through major withdrawals when it was over. Oh, yeah. I remember watching season one, and that was in January of 2021, and my husband and I were both sick with COVID, and so we just had to stay in our room all the time, and we binged the first season, and then I was just left in this daze, going, I, there's, what, how do I go on? Like, there's nothing that compares to this. And I felt the same way after the end of season two. Um, I was just like, I have so many unanswered questions. And they said they had just gotten into the writer's room and started working on the first episode of season three when the strike started. Let me tell you what, these studios better get their shit together because I need season three of Yellow Jackets. Oh, yeah. No, we stand with the writers completely. Oh, yeah. Studios need to work this out and pay people fairly and give residuals and staff writers rooms and everything that the writers are demanding. Yeah. Living wages. Crazy. How dare they? I, I need mean, to go through all the demands. But yeah, it's like, how dare you have, you know, writers room and, and the resources that you need and get paid for your work? Yeah, what, like, writers need to eat? What? Like, it's hard? You need housing? I thought that when you became a creative, you just were like, no, I give up everything that... I renounce all worldly possessions. Yeah. You go on hunger strikes. I just thought you were given a money tree. Is that not what happens? Oh, yeah. You know all those rich writers. Like, why don't you just go get money off your money tree? <laughs> I really need to find one of those. Oh, me too. Or, you know, maybe you just need to stop charging for things. Maybe we should just barter and trade. But I don't have anything to trade. I don't have any chickens. Okay, you don't have chickens, but I know you have Barbies and DVDs. Yes, but I need to get more DVDs. That's how you get them. You barter and trade. All right, well, like, since you have the economy all figured out. Oh, yeah, just let me run for president. Everything will be fine. I'm just like, so we're dissolving all of this. Capitalism, dead. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> you just destroy society and you're like, bye. Okay, thanks, bye. That's a movie that needs to be written. Oh, in the she idiocracy only became world. president to destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. like, that would be interesting. Not just like, oh, let me destroy, you know, everything. But what would it look like if a woman became president? Well, because the president doesn't have that much power. It would have to be a combined effort of House and Senate and the president. Yeah, that's true. The president can't just be like, I demolish the... Everything. Yeah. I declare myself queen. And now I break everything. Although somebody kind of has tried that. I was like, not far off from um, certain attempts in the yeah. last few years, so... Ugh, yeah. Stiff. But wouldn't that be an interesting film, book, television, play? Not all combined. It could be a scripted podcast if it was like a combined effort over like basically what the Republicans did to, to gain a majority. What if women did that? And not just women, but what if a group of like-minded individuals did the same thing and then hmm. dissolved the government as we know it? That would be a that would be an interesting story to explore. Well, kind of it kind of reminds me of like, do you remember that show Man in High Castle? I think it was like it just it kind of delved into alternate history. Like, what if the U.S. What if we hadn't won World War Two? It's kind of like an alternate history. Like, what would happen if this if this were to happen? Kind of thing. I think alternate histories are fun. I do too. I find them really entertaining for the most part man in high castle was creepy um but i enjoyed the first two seasons i don't think i got past that point that was back when it you know we were just getting used to a whole season being released at once and then you have to wait a year for another season and oh, yeah that model in the beginning did not work for me and so i would detach myself from shows very quickly if i didn't have more episodes <laughs> i was a fair weather viewer like, I am done with you. You're done to me. On to the next thing. I need to be stimulated at all times. Oh, that made me think of something that we watched recently, which will be the last thing that we talk about, and then we'll let everybody go. Um, the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that, that was... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, that felt like an extended pilot for a TV show that wasn't made. Yes, it felt like a BBC episode. Like, you know how long Sherlock episodes were? Yeah. That's what it felt like. Like, this is television. Why was this released as a movie? Yeah, basically, because it seemed like it was setting up for like, oh, a demon of the week type thing. Like, we're going to go hunt down all 200 of these fallen angels. And then the movie was just like, and here's... Bye the title cards about what happened to this real life character when obviously all the stuff in this movie is um, creative licensing. Oh yeah. Uh, but at the end, I wanted to see the Pope's exorcist and the Spanish priest, right? He was Spanish. Yes. They were in Spain. I wanted to see them team up. I wanted to see a, a procedural of, okay. Fallen angel of the week. Yeah. Demon of the week. Let's go get him. So this, yeah, it felt, it wasn't terrible. Um, it, it wasn't, wasn't great. great. <laughs> but it was, like, it was fun to watch with a group of people. 
because we were just making commentary about it the whole time, but it definitely felt like the setup for a TV show, not mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, and I just couldn't get past the fact that I was watching Russell Crowe. Yeah. And I don't know what I mean by that. Well, no, I do know what I mean by that. <laughs> that well, because... I just was very aware I was watching an actor act. It didn't feel like someone doing a character study. Yeah, it felt like Russell Crowe doing a Italian accent and not him embodying a character. And I was very aware that I was watching Russell Crowe trying to do an Italian accent. <laughs> I was—I don't even remember the character's name. I mean, he just was Russell Crowe the whole time. Um, but also the thing that we watched was Russell Crowe getting that check. So Yeah. They filmed some of that on my campus when I was going to school there. I applied to be a nun. Um, and how'd that go? I didn't get it. I think you'd make a great nun. I would have liked it. I also would have liked it if they had of like gotten us work on it. Like I would have gotten people coffee or been a runner or something like that. You want to run? Well, you know, get people stuff that they need or you know yeah stop people from walking into the shot stuff like that i know a lot of people were mad because they closed down one of the big study rooms yeah and then if anybody's seen it at the end when the um they go like into the vatican cia room yeah, we're <laughs> the <Vatican CIA laughs> room. basically, yeah, where they're like dusting all the stuff and looking they're for dusting clues for and Jesus's prints. That was our main library where I studied a lot. That was really funny to see that turned into the Vatican CIA. Yeah, <laughs> the I vault just, of secrets or whatever. Like I just watched. It was a TikTok, so take it with a grain of salt. But like people talking about when they have gone to the Vatican and, like, toured, how evil it feels. Really? And if you think about all of the things that they have in the archives, they literally have the head of a possessed nun in the archives of the Vatican. Why? I guess she was a possessed nun, so they're like, let's keep it? I don't know. <laughs> we it's need from, souvenirs. It's like, to the memories we'll never forget. <laughs> but they have, like, her face and her blood and... Like, randomly, maybe her trachea? I don't know why. But, yeah, just, like, hanging out down there. They also have a book that's supposed to teach you how to summon the devil, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense for a church to to have it in a way. But just what I was watching is people just talking about, like, intuitive people, people that are very sensitive to energies or sensitive to those things, walking into the Vatican and immediately feeling very, like, uncomfortable and wanting to leave. Do they want to put Annabelle down there? She may be there. Megan no. might be down there for all we know. Annabelle is in a museum that you can go see her. Oh, isn't that Zach Baggins Museum in um, Vegas? Or is it in uh, the one people's house in the other place? I think it's in the people's house, the conjuring people. My research is really top notch. Yeah. Uh, if you want great details, we are the people to come to. Yeah. Come see us. We will give you nothing and everything. I'm pretty sure it was that one guy that had it at this place. I have to say, I have very much enjoyed this stream of consciousness thing. So maybe we should start making these more regular. Oh, we can. Um, Also, it's nice to, you know, sometimes I'll listen to people do these just to get recommendations on stuff. Um, So I like to listen to it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. 
No, oh, I was done. Uh, I just like it because it makes me feel like I have friends in the room, which is not sad. <laughs> it's brave. <laughs> well, I saw you on camera earlier, so I don't think you'd want your friends in the room right now. Okay, first of all, I am very brave to be on camera. <laughs> Everything oh, I do is brave. <laughs> I, I I mean, same, um, because here's a thing that I've been thinking about that but we'll have to talk about it. A mm. lot of podcasters are now recording with video and putting their videos of them podcasting up because apparently a lot of people now watch their podcasts on YouTube. Oh yeah, they want the visual medium. So I've been thinking about it, but that also means then that I will have to like make sure that I look like a presentable person. Cause usually when we podcast, I'm like hair in a bun, whatever, looking like something out of the Vatican archives. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you may think that I look like a possessed nun. So, I mean, what else is there? <laughs> but that may be something coming in the future. We'll have to see. If you're not Barbie, you're a possessed nun. <laughs> There's nothing in between. And, and no in between. Megan was an anomaly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're either an android, a possessed nun, or Barbie. Or Barbie. That's it. That's all you get as a woman. Yeah. These are and, our new categories. <laughs> Instead of, uh, what is it, maiden, mother, crone? Yeah. <laughs> Barbie, we possessed have, nun, android. Yes, Barbie, possessed nun, killer android. Yeah. Because it's not enough to be an android. It's a killer android. That's true. That's That can true. break dance. That also has, like human-like limbs that can break dance and you know, wield a samurai sword. Oh, mom saw something. I'm guessing it's going to be at the um, Halloween Fright Nights at Universal, but she was like, there were a whole bunch of those Megans walking around. <gasps> My dream! Because Megan wouldn't kill me. I would let Megan do what she wanted. You're like, I will join you. I'm just like, girl, I'm here to support you. I support women's rights. And I support women's wrongs. You need to kill that kid? He was a jerk anyway. Thank, like, why are we sparing kids? They need to learn too. Um, and on that note. <laughs> it's a great a great way to leave off. Um, welcome to Fatal Fins. We hate kids. <laughs> but we don't. We don't really, but. But we also are okay with mecking killing them. <laughs> If they're jerks in the movie, they don't really exist, so it's fine. That one little boy in Megan, the mean one, I was not mad when he lost his ear. He deserved it. Yeah, he also got hit by a car. That, you know, I don't ever want to condone child death, but, you know, accidents happen. <laughs> if you're a killer android. Or if you're a little shit boy. Fair. Trying to hurt a little girl. Well, we will be back with a regular episode very soon. Yeah. And then we'll have some fun stuff for October for Spooky Movie Month. Spooky Movie Month. Maybe we'll be on video. That'll be the real Spooky Movie Month. Yeah. Everybody will be like, ah, ah! Can't watch it. It's too scary. Look at all these possessed nuns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And thank you for sticking with us. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.